Last week on HPH, we took a dive into the early life and career of George Washington. When we left you, George was a hero in the American colonies for his bravery in battle during the French and Indian War, even though he'd actually lost more major battles than he had won. In this episode, we're going to continue down that path and tell you all about his heroic fuck-ups during the American Revolution. Grab a drink and join us for this episode of Hunter Proof History, titled George Washington Part 2, American Hero? This is Hundred Proof History. We're drinking whiskey and talking history. So, grab a drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy a few laughs as the guys talk about all the horrible things people do to each other. Here are your hosts, Chris and Greg. Hey, everybody. We're back for Washington Part 2. Yeah, I bet you guys thought we couldn't come back. Not after last week. It'd be like <laughs> uh, Peyton Manning coming back after winning the Super Bowl. You didn't think you know he'd do it. He didn't, but uh, we're better than Peyton Manning, so here we are. Surprise, surprise. We're right here. We're fucking back at it. Mm-hmm. Idiot listener once again. <laughs> Golly. Ah, just didn't think uh, we could do it, and here we are. <laughs> Chris, what's new? Well, actually, you know, before I was working on a, uh, a slogan for our show, I've given up on that endeavor, and I came up with a better idea. We need our own catchphrases, like a, a catchphrase, a series of catchphrases, our own what you talking about, Willis, that we can put on t-shirts and frisbees and shit. I'm out. No, 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 man. Let's do it. I got All a right, li- what, do you, what do you got? I got a list. Okay. Say someone is wealthy or, you know, makes a lot of money, you can say, yeah, he's making that bacon. See? That's good, right? Or maybe, I don't know, something's really exciting uh, or, you know, like crazy. And you'd be like, yo, that's totally biscuits and gravy. Or, you know, you just need to put an exclamation on something. You'd be like, butter my pancake. See? It's all good. I may have come up with these while digging through the Waffle House dumpster this morning. I quit the podcast. Again. <laughs> uh, yeah, those are awful. I will not say any of them. Those are awful, Waffle. Oh, I did it again. You know what? I take that back. Mm-hmm. I, I don't quit the podcast. Awesome. I am asking you for your resignation. <laughs> I decline, sir. You'll have to drag me out of here kicking and screaming. <laughs> you know what happens when somebody declines the request for a resignation. <laughs> oh... They stay there until January 20th when the Secret Service drags them out of the building. So what happens? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Thank All you. Right. You're back. Thank you. You earned your spot. just made some bacon. Yeah. And you're fired again. <laughs> Guys, uh, again, we're talking about George Washington. This is the second part. Mm-hmm. If you haven't listened to the first part, Probably a good idea. Yeah, what an idiot. I mean... Who starts with part two? Terminator 2? That's something that you can start with. Okay, fair enough, yeah. Terminator 2 is fucking good. Yeah, no, yeah. Aliens? You could probably start with aliens instead of alien. Mm-hmm. But, like, Die Hard 2? Come on. You need the backstory. Mm, you absolutely Washington do. is like Die Hard 2. Ghostbusters 2? You need the first one. No. You, you, you need to know what's happening. Yeah, you're right. Turn this off. Go back and listen, if you haven't. If you have, welcome back. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, our source is the same as the first episode. It's Washington, A Life by Ron Chernow. And we don't want to keep you guys waiting long, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, you're eager to get back into it. Stick that mind penis into this st- story. Vagi- I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this. I've never had sex more than once in a day. It's never happened for me. The second time, do, do they expect foreplay? Or did you just go straight to the penetration? Huh. I think in the days when I was having sex more than one a day, Mm -hmm. I wasn't concerned with foreplay anyway. (laughs) So, I don't know. And I don't care. That was a fun 12 seconds. You want to go again? You're going to have to give me six hours (laughs) to recover. But yeah. That refractory period. Let's uh, let's just sit back, watch a few episodes of Game of Thrones, and get me back in the mood again. And, uh, all right. (laughs) I need a I need a good sex scene with Tyrion though. It can't just be any sex scene. <laughs> Tyrion Lannister has to be involved. There has to be Tyrion, a stool, and uh, a consensual partner, and I'm ready to go. I mean, it doesn't even have to be a stool. It can just be stool. Oh, <laughs> you know me. <laughs> That's true. 
Like scheiße porn. That's not true. Glass coffee table. Yeah. Chris, what are you drinking today? Today I am having a gin mule. You know, take on the Moscow mule. Uh, mm-hmm. The gin involved is called Blue Coat Gin. It's America's first dry gin. Oh. And Blue Coat is what the Revolutionary Army wore. And the mule, because George Washington was actually one of America's first breeders of mules. Because a mule is a donkey that got fucked by a horse and gave birth. And he said, let's let's lie back and see what happens here. Oh. Hey. oh. They made love. That's Chris. true. They that's made love. Tr- that's true. Everything is consensual in the animal kingdom. That's what I've learned from watching nature shows. <laughs> How about yourself, sir? Oh, thank you for asking. I'm drinking Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. Oh. It is a 136.6 proof, so it's, uh, it's what is known around here as a big boy. That's true, yeah. I'm drinking it because Elijah Craig was supposedly, you know, as rumor has it, the first person to make bourbon whiskey. Mm-hmm. And George Washington was the first person to make this fucking country. Yeah! <laughs> fucking America! That's what I'm talking about! Let's go! This is the land of freedom! USA! USA! Butter go! that pancake! Butter that pancake! I did it. I worked it in. Those t-shirts are selling themselves right now. I hate you. <laughs> oh, well... Anyway, how about we get into the story? Let's do it to it. It's getting in a big, long, cylindrical meat of this story. Mm, summer sausage. Love it. George Washington left the French and Indian War as a well-known war hero whose social status was on the rise. In the year 1758, following yet another bout of dysentery, again, guys, that's the poos, Washington met a young widow named Martha Dandridge Custis, who had two children from a previous marriage. The two of them would be married in January of 1759, making George Washington a stepdaddy. Hmm. This marriage seems to be one of convenience, I've been there, for both George (laughs) and Martha, as they were never seen as overly affectionate, and George would spend every party dancing and flirting with all the PYTs in attendance. Uh, First, what is a PYT? A pretty young thing. Also, someone you might see undressing through their window from the tree outside. You know, (laughs) know. normal Uh, things. Normal things. Something everyone does, yes. Is that a common colloquialism or something that I don't know about? Yeah, it's real. It's it's hip. The kids are onto it. That's that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get these kids into it. Right, kids? Okay. Dab on that one. (laughs) And number two, uh, sexuality has gotten more and more progressive. Over America's lifetime, right? obviously. So, with George, you know, every party he goes to, dancing and flirting. And, you know, it's ballroom dancing, I get that. Mm-hmm. But is that the equivalent of, like, I don't know, finger banging in the bathroom these days? <laughs> Maybe. It was probably, it probably would have been as scandalous back then. Oh, my. Did you see that? They were doing a twirl together. You know what that means. <laughs> oh. It was actually completely fucking normal. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> to dance with other people's wives and such and such back then. But I wonder if it was like everybody was just keeping the same secret. Like, yeah, I'm going to jack off to this later. Oh, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Like these days, it's just my buddy's wife twerking on me or something. <laughs> my wife's going to town on a, a different buddy of mine. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. is, that? that's actually realistic. Right. And then you guys, like, sort out your keys in that big bowl at your parties? Well, my joke was just that my wife fuck all my friends. Oh, okay. But, you, yeah. you don't get the keys out of the bowl? It's just her drag, grab, oh, who's this? She just grabs a handful of keys. Anybody care to join me in the master bedroom? And she stares at you. in the laundry room again. Eye contact. Master bedroom. You know what that means. Exactly. Yeah. And I get, you know, way too drunk as usual. Mm-hmm. So I've got a hangover by morning. Mm-hmm. Then her stupid boyfriend, as usual, wakes me up and tells me to mow the yard. <laughs> Dude, another hour. And he kicks me like I'm a dog. Yeah. <sighs> Man, I really hope this podcast takes off so I can just get some respect. Yeah. You know? And I, I hope he makes you... You know, breakfast at least. So you can say, that shit is biscuits and gravy, yo. 
You know, and I thought I was a cuck. Let it land. And then you said that, so. Uh, actually, a little interesting fact about their wedding night, George ordered a bunch of Spanish fly for that night. Mm-hmm. And they, they got a, like a book that taught them all sorts of sexual positions. It wasn't Kama Sutra, but it's like some sort of English book. Yeah, they got it from uh, the Fairfaxes. Can you imagine, though, your wedding night, you're like, hey, baby, I want this night to be special. Let me pop six Viagra. And she's like, you're not just like physically attracted to me? Oh, God, no, no, no. (laughs) This was for money, completely for fucking money. But if I, you know, if I take these pills, we can still do it. You know, I can think about somebody else. It's fine. I mean, have you seen Martha? Oh, yeah. (laughs) But have you seen George? Yeah. Eh. I don't know. He had duck lips. That's sexy now. He had some straight up DSLs because of adventures. That's what it says in the book. It's not in any paintings of him. Oh, yeah, they're not going to paint him with his duck lips and lazy eye. They're going to be like he's the the Jesus of America. So they're going to make him super white and, you know. But he's painted very thin-lipped. Yeah. Not even regular-lipped. Well, there's one painting our our main source referenced, and I looked it up, and his, like, they said, oh, his jaw's all grotesquely jutted. It just looks like a shitty painting, but it does, like, have his whole face, like, sticking out at an angle, chin forward mm-hmm. because of his dentures. But all the other ones are like, let's make this guy handsome so he doesn't murder me because the president can probably do that. Just uh, disappear me. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, the marriage raised both of them up in Virginia society. Martha got to marry a war hero and George got to marry a rich as fuck widow with a ton of land and slaves. Win win. Unless you were a slave. And, you know, there was never any winning for those guys. Well, back in 1758, George was called back into the French and Indian War and once again sent to Ohio to fight. This trip went just as well as the previous ones in that it was a total clusterfuck. During one battle, George and his men were sent to reinforce General George Mercer on an attack against a French position. George got there and he's like, Oh, your name is George too? Oh my god. You want to go up in them mountains, George? <laughs> Nice callback. Thank you. As Washington advanced, Mercer retreated, and when the two battalions met, they instantly opened fire on each other, causing 26 men to die from friendly fire. Ain't no such thing as friendly fire, Gregory. Because it kills you. Following this, Washington marched... (laughs) (laughs) Following this, Washington marched on a French fort, only to find the French had abandoned Ohio completely, who can play in them, and fled for Canada for that, uh... You know, universal health care. Mission accomplished. Hang the banner. We got him. We got him. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Got him. We won the war, even though the Brits will be fighting them for another three years. That's, yeah, hey, whatever. It's fine. That's better than the last time we hanged the banners. That's true. What was that, uh, 18 years ago now? Or 17? Oh, who's counting? <laughs> George felt like he had served Britain admirably, and he requested an officer's commission into the English army. Well, they told him to fuck right off back to McDonald's with the rest of the fat Americans. Go get in the ball pit, stupid duck lip motherfucker. (laughs) Well, who knows how things would have turned out if George had officially joined the English army, but we do know the rejection only furthered his dislike of the Brits. Back in Virginia, Washington was elected as a representative to the House of Burgess in Virginia. At that time, voting was done in taverns, and the voters cast their votes out loud, which usually caused people to shamefully vote the same way everyone else did. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, uh, I was gonna vote for that guy, but, uh, you know, all my buddies are here, and they, they don't, I don't want them to know I'm a liberal. That would really fuck up my gun club, so, uh, no. (laughs) Vote for this guy. To take advantage of this, Washington, who did not drink much himself, gave out free beer, wine, and brandy to the voters. Surprisingly, he won in a landslide and would hold a seat for six years. Fucking genius. It really is. I don't care who's running for president. If I show up at the polling place and they're just out there handing out six packs, like, here you go, buddy. You just think about this while you're in line. And I'm just chugging. Like, God damn, that was a nice guy. Oh, you know what? I, I kind of, I don't hate his politics, but he was super nice. So, ah, fuck it. And pull the handle. And that's, uh, that's how you end up with a Hitler, Greg. That's exactly what happened with Hitler. Hefeweizen. Six packs? Yeah, six packs of Hefeweizen. Hefeweizen. 
You got any orange, Hitler? Ah! <laughs> that was my Hitler impersonation. Just a loud ah noise. Man, just spot on. <laughs> spot on. Meanwhile, George and Martha returned to Mount Vernon, where George became obsessed with its development and upkeep. Like, seriously fucking obsessed. For the rest of his life, he'd write war journals that went something along the lines of Terrible conditions today. Lost 70 men to the cold, and another 120 to the English. Of course, my greatest concern is how the sitting room would look with green drapes. And also, I jacked off to Sally Fairfax. The end. <laughs> he just ends every journal entry with the, the end. end. That's why last episode we were talking about the French got a hold of his journals and just made fun of him for being an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Sally Fairfax's ankle. Oh my god, I had to hide my boner to my pantaloonas. <laughs> the cost of maintaining Mount Vernon and the continual failure of his crops would put George in debt for the majority of his life. But he was so concerned with his image that he would never let anyone see how hard he was struggling he would welcome any and every visitor to a large, fancy meal. And man, let me tell you, I was there in my 20s, early 20s, like broke as fuck. And everybody's like, let's go out to eat. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, that sounds fun. <laughs> How am I going to fucking pay for this? Oh, no. <laughs> no, guys, I'm, make, I'm making real good money. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, no, I'm, t- I'm doing great. Not struggling. Not living with mom and dad. Nope. <laughs> what kind of loser would live with their parents? Uh, sneak in the bathroom. Daddy, daddy, can you send me $20 on PayPal, please? Just, <laughs> I just want to eat a hamburger, daddy. No, get the fuck out of my house. And they sneak, uh, you know, using up dining, dashing a lot. Yeah, nothing, you know, no major problems there. Or like he denies you and you have to go out and come up with some elaborate ruse. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I just, I just had a miscarriage in the bathroom. <laughs> I'm not really feeling like myself. I must yeah. go. Yeah. I just, every time I had to pay a bill and I couldn't afford to, like at a restaurant, I tell my friends, you know, I'm thinking about killing myself. Like, oh, oh shit, man, that's that's terrible. What can we do again? Uh, yeah, <laughs> every week the with fifth you. Time this month, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they just feel so bad. They pay for my bill, you know. They they take me home. They cuddle with me. One thing leads to another. I'm gay, pregnant, you know. Then you have a miscarriage the next month in the bathroom. Yes, and Daddy refuses you the cheeseburger. Money. That's that's free steak, baby, all day. Oh. <laughs> and this isn't Daddy, Daddy. No. This is leather daddy you're calling, Oh, right? yeah, yeah. No. I don't want my parents to know how bad I'm doing either. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> prove them right. <laughs> well, in 1765, the English adopted the Stamp Act, which taxed paper and forced the colonists to use only officially approved and stamped British paper products. The English said this was to pay for the British troops stationed in America, but really it was to pay back the massive debt they had acquired during the French and Indian War. The colonists, including George Washington, said, This is a bunch of horseshit. The English said, Okay, fine, and revoked the tax a year later. But a year after that, they created the Townsend Act, which taxed other stuff like glass, lead, paper, and tea. So, oh, you don't like our tax on paper, huh? (laughs) Well, watch this shit. We're going to tax your lead, motherfucker. Get poisoned now, you stupid bitches. Can't even afford it. Or... Don't make ammunition. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, because they made their ammo from tea. That's why it was so important. <laughs> Naturally, the colonists were once again pissed right the hell damn crap off. Washington and a buddy named George Mason. Another George, just saying. You know they fucked. Uh-huh. Well, they proposed a bill to the Virginia House of Burgess that put a boycott on British goods and proclaimed that only Virginia has the right to tax Virginians. The bill passed with flying colors. The English removed all of their taxes except for tea, because, as we just discussed, that's how you make ammunition in the 1700s. Smart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At that point, a bunch of white dudes got dressed up as Mohawk Indians, stole 342 chests of tea, and dumped it into Boston Harbor. This sounds like the late 70s, early 80s punk scene. <laughs> and mohawks. Mm-hmm. Bunch of white dudes with fucking mohawks stealing shit. Yeah. Just causing a ruckus. Oh, what a bunch of assholes. Like, I get it. You're you're boycotting, but, like, 
hey, if this goes bad, I don't want to be recognized. What if we can blame this on a minority of some sort? Like, if we, can we do that? If, if this goes south, can we just like, oh, and me, I'm white. Nope, I don't commit crimes. Must have been a minority. Jackasses. Well, I'm, I'm glad things have changed so much today. <laughs> oh, yep. No racial issues today. Thank God. Nope, none. Not in America. Well, naturally, this little tea party, if you will, a term I just came up with. Oh, I, I like that. Thank you. I like that. That eased tensions with the English. Everyone had a good laugh, and they just went about their day. Problem solved. The only thing is, me and my uncle used to have tea parties, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so you should probably differentiate this tea party from that tea party. If only there was a way to do that. Oh, okay. Well, where did your tea party happen? Mm, Texas. Well, Greg, this one was the Boston Tea Party. Oh, okay. You know what? I'm going to trademark that. I like that, that name. I'm going to trademark like that. that. I just came up with that off the top of my head. Boo! Right there. And uh, I'm going to trademark that, make some t-shirts. I don't think it would sell as well as, you know, that's some breakfast tea party, motherfucker. Whoop, 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 whoop. Oh, I'm trying to save the show, okay? That's what I'm doing. I'm just trying to, you know, get us some merchandise money, but fine. I'll stop. It's like that bank robber that just needs that one last score, you know? <laughs> Before That's they, what you're doing. Before they go to Tahiti with all the mangoes and shit? Yeah. You're putting yourself in the ground, motherfucker. <laughs> I'll have you know, Greg, right now there's a guy riding around with an Egg McMuffin, and he is fucking dying of laughter. He's like, I'm going to buy that t-shirt. I relate to these catchphrases. He's dying of cholesterol. <laughs> well, Not laughter. That's fine. We'll make two XLs, three XLs, anything. <laughs> <laughs> anything, buddy. Anything to make a buck. <laughs> we'll sell our mouths on Patreon. That was my nickname in high school. Chris, anything for a buck, last name redacted. <laughs> okay. It's a unique name, you know. I think it's German. I don't know. I like it. Well, actually, the Boston Tea Party, trademark pending, forced the English to pass even more strict laws known in America as the Intolerable Acts. War seemed imminent. England sent more troops to America and the colonists began to form and train their own militias. On August 5th, 1774, Washington was selected as one of the delegates from Virginia that was sent to the first constitutional convention in Philadelphia. Like we told you last episode, George was a quiet man who didn't speak his mind until he was sure what he was about to say would be well received. Which, that must be exhausting in itself. Ugh. Like, just... Just spout your opinion. Who cares if you have friends or family that still talks to you? <laughs> okay, whatever. Yeah, they're not worth it. Yeah, it's true. Can, uh, listener, can I come to your house for Thanksgiving, please? Just... <laughs> I'm so tired of going to Denny's with all the other single dads. Going to that Chinese place in the movie A Christmas Story. <laughs> yeah. They got the neck and the head still on the duck. Whoa, it's too much. I like my meat to look like not an animal. <laughs> I kind of do, too, actually. The whole fried fish, I'm like, I don't know. Cut off its head, I'm like, okay, I'm in. I'm eating it. But I can see it's oh, out. Oh, yeah, it looks like nothing. <laughs> that looks like food. <laughs> well, but in that scenario, the Christmas story scenario, they're over there having their nice family dinner, and I'm sitting alone in the in the corner, you know, just eating my beef chow mein. I look up and go, you guys want to talk about politics? And like... <laughs> Five minutes later, I'm kicked out of the restaurant, and I'm just eating my beef chow mein on the curb, just crying into my plate. <laughs> I want to write a Christmas story from that guy's perspective. Just a sad, depressed guy, like, just keeps popping up where they're at around the story. Like, he's at the, the when they're at Macy's or whatever, and the kid's seeing Santa. Uh -huh. He's just over And there. he hides under, like, the cotton fake snow, and he's, like, jerking off. <laughs> yeah. I'll do like a pair of panties he stole from the ladies section. <laughs> <laughs> My wife used to wear these and then she left me for Stuart because he was a better salesman. <laughs> oh, that boy's crying on Santa's lap. Oh. <laughs> He's in the backyard firing the BB gun on Christmas for the first time. Fucking glasses break, shoots his eye out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah. Call me Bad Bart. Call me Bad Bart. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's Black Bart. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Call me Big Black Bart. 
big black mark. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Continue with your part. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, at the convention, George sat quietly while other men like John and Samuel Adams sung his praises. This tactic worked, and in March of 75, he was elected to return to the Second Continental Congress. About this time, King George III had had it with the American rebels and decided it was time to teach them a lesson. Bend over, America. I'm going to teach you what it really means when they say king me in checkers. Just pile right on top, baby. <laughs> checkers. They have checkers back then, I wonder. The oh. idiot's chess. That's me. <laughs> British General Gage was ordered to march to Concord and capture a powder magazine. Along the way, they encountered militia forces at Lexington. The fight was short, and eight colonists were killed, and the British only lost one horse before the British pressed on to Concord. However, when the English began their march back to Boston, they were ambushed by a militia made up of farmers who fired upon them from the trees and from behind fences. This battle resulted in the death of 273 English troops to only 75 American Minutemen. And that's also one of my high school nicknames. Minutemen, because that's how long it took to get those guys off in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> Call that a switcheroo. Oh, <laughs> good stuff. Well, this spark that actually kicked off the American Revolutionary War was not something that George Washington was just super thrilled about. He said, quote, Unhappy it is to reflect that a brother's sword has been sheathed in a brother's chest, and that the once peaceful and happy plains of America are to be drenched with blood or inhabited by slaves. I mean, it was inhabited by slaves. Yeah, but he meant white slaves, which is oh, okay. way no. worse in his eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Way different back then. <laughs> no, white people shouldn't do that. <laughs> Come on. Wait, what do you mean? Why, why would we be slaves? <laughs> no, it's, it's, can you imagine something so bad as someone being enslaved and having to serve a master? Oh, that'd be the worst. I can't believe someone would try and subject someone else to that. <laughs> Fucking idiots. Uh, well, despite that, quote, damning their actions at Lexington Concord, when the Second Continental Congress met up, old George showed up in his militia uniform and sword and was like, Oh, are you guys looking for someone to lead the American forces? That's weird. On June 14th, 1775, Congress took command of the troops in Boston, officially forming the Continental Army. On June 15th, George Washington was unanimously elected to be the Commander-in-Chief. Hey, it's only four days before Juneteenth. Uh, I'm sure they celebrated that back then. Absolutely. Why wouldn't they? I mean, you know. I don't know. Maybe the masses and masses of fucking slaves they still had. I don't uh, know. Yeah, but George Washington hated slavery, even though, you know, he kept slaves for another, uh, let me do the math, uh, 34 years. Well, I mean, he had them until he died. Yeah, 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 but, you know, he gave them up after that, so round of applause. I feel like the context there, <laughs> like, he didn't, like, 34 years later be like, you know what, shouldn't do this. <laughs> he said, nope. Shouldn't do this. So after I die, <laughs> and my wife dies, yeah, they're good. Yeah. Then they're just like people. <laughs> oh, uh, round of applause for George Washington for being a hero. And right? <laughs> yep. Anywho, I need a drink after talking about that shit. Thinking about it pisses me off. Well, we're about to get into war, so get you a little more excited. Just death and mm. destruction and... Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I need, Greg? What's that, Chris? I need to butter that pancake. Oh! Shut the fuck up. We're back. Christopher, you know what I'm in the mood for. A second half seltzer. 
Second half salsa. Second half salsa. Second half <laughs> The truth is, you get all that fucking whiskey in you, especially now that it's summertime. Mm-hmm. You need that hydration. You need that refreshed feeling. Yeah. Which is why I did gin last week. You did gin this week. It's, you know, whiskey's more of a fall, winter, spring, occasional summer drink. Yeah. Also, I want to <laughs> feel like, you know, what it's like to be a 21-year-old frat boy and just obsessed with fucking White Claw or, you know, any other seltzer brand. I just want to be like, yeah, yeah, let's shove shit up our ass, yeah, you know, yeah. Like frat boys, yeah, <laughs> yay. You know what I'm saying, boys? <laughs> yeah. Uh, opinions. What do you guys think about kissing the homies goodnight? Let us know in the comments. Anyway. <laughs> No, I I feel like I'm hydrating. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I'm I'm I don't think I am. <laughs> no, but I feel not. like I'm hydrating. You know, because it's like this is this is almost water. Yeah, ish. So it makes me. It's easier to justify what I'm doing with my life. Right. Like when my doctor's like, your liver enzymes are severely elevated. You are going to die in a month. You're like, whoa. Whoa. The things I'm bring- drinking aren't even brown anymore. Come on, Doc. What do you mean? Like, only half the time I'm drinking whiskey, the rest of the time I'm drinking seltzer. It's it's healthy. They're clear. Come on. Water's clear. <laughs> when I pee, it's uh, clear. Yes, yes, Greg, but vodka and gin, while clear, do not hydrate. <laughs> like I said, when I pee, it's clear. Yeah. Uh, I hate to inform you, your kidneys are no longer functional. <laughs> so I'm good. You're <laughs> right. So you're telling me it's give up booze or go on dialysis? All right, well, just hook me up with the machine to get me a sixer, okay? Because I'm not giving it up. <laughs> Refreshing. Well, we uh, ready to get back into this story? Let's do it to it. Let's make the bacon. You're fired again. <laughs> if you need further proof of the beliefs and behaviors of George Washington, all you have to do is look at his time as a Revolutionary War general. He was an ardent believer in the power of the people, so he allowed Congress to dictate who was on his staff, which left him with real dickheads like Charles Lee and Horatio Gates. Fun thing about these guys, they're both born in England, and they both wanted George's job. But the Continental Congress, like, (laughs) oh, no, don't worry about me, and they're twirling their mustache. (laughs) Don't worry, (laughs) I know where my loyalties lie, you stupid fucking Americans. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he also was a patient, methodical man who did not make rash decisions. As a general, that meant he was great at planning, but absolute dog shit at mid-battle improvisations. His first test was the Siege of Boston. George arrived there on July 2nd, 1775, just after the Battle of Bunker Hill had left the Brits with a thousand casualties, but complete control of Boston. Which, is that even that great? You're just hanging out in Boston. You got that stupid Dropkick Murphy song playing the whole time, just like in The Departed. <laughs> You're like, oh my God, change the fucking record. Everybody's racist, just like they were back then. Mm-hmm. They think the Patriots are the greatest thing that ever happened to football. Ugh. 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 Go Cowboys. I mean, they, they kind of are, unfortunately. Go Cowboys. <laughs> when he arrived, the men were in terrible shape, poorly disciplined, and refused to shit in the latrines they had dug. And literally just shit anywhere and everywhere they could. I don't want to shit in the latrines. Especially on the glass coffee tables while (laughs) poor old Charlie the Gimp sat underneath masturbating. (laughs) What a strange... And they did bring Charlie the Gimp from camp to camp. Of course, yeah. yeah. have to keep morale up. Come on. But no. Just, uh, I don't want to shit in the latrines. It smells like shit. Why would I go over there? I can't... (laughs) I'll sit over here uh, next to the food. Yeah, It smells like great food. It smells awful over there. How am I supposed to spend like three hours looking at Reddit on my phone? (laughs) Come on, guys. Let's get this (laughs) together. Come on. Well, Washington immediately began to drill the men. (laughs) 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 Oh, George. Oh, George. (laughs) And he'd severely punish anyone who acted out or attempted to defect. It's just part of the kink. The biggest problem facing Washington and it's one that would last for most of the war, was the dire lack of powder for his rifles. 
When he arrived in Boston, his men only had enough to fire nine times each. He could hide and lie about this, and he did so he could both save face and keep the British from knowing how weak his position was. However, he couldn't hide the fact that the Continental Army required only a one-year enlistment and most of his men would be heading home on January 1st of 1776. This forced him to enlist upwards of 5,000 black men throughout the war with the promise that they'd be freed once the war ended. Do you want to spoiler alert this one, Chris? Ah, well, most of them, no, they weren't freed. It didn't, uh, didn't work out too great for these guys. And the British actually did the same thing, say, if you join our side, we'll free you, and then they just shipped them to other countries. So I don't know which was better for these guys. Surprise, surprise. Mm -hmm. Well, the Continentals sat around Boston until March 5th, when they moved to a hill overlooking the city in the middle of the night. Typical George. Late night George liked to do everything in the middle of the night. The plan was to draw the Brits out, kick their asses, and then storm the city. Luckily for Washington, the weather was bad. Because had the Americans marched into Boston, they would have had their shit pushed right in. Instead, the Brits realized they were about to be starved and took off for New York. Washington and the army gave chase, mostly because Congress demanded that they take New York. It was a terrible idea. Britain had the world's most powerful navy, and New York is, what do you know, surrounded by fucking water. Yeah, yeah. Just a bad plan all around. And they should have known something bad was going to happen when those ships left Boston. They're like, fuck your dropkick Murphys, and they just heard, Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today, you know, the New York, New York song. Am I right? You know what I'm talking about? You with me? I do. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Just make sure. Sweet Caroline. <laughs> no! Ba, ba, ba. <laughs> like, getting out of this fucking trash city. I'm going to New York where concrete <laughs> dreams are made up. Or whatever Alicia Keys said. I don't know that song. But anyway. So yeah, they, they should have known something was up. They shouldn't have... They should never have gone there once they heard of that coming from those ships. First, 110 ships arrived and pounded the Continentals into submission. Sounds like my kind of Friday night. Hello. After that, the 23,000-man Continental Army, composed of farmers and raw recruits, was decimated by British General Howe's 32,000-man army made up of actual soldiers and German mercenaries. By the end of the fight for New York, the Continentals had been reduced to just 5,400 men. When Washington retreated, 2nd Command General Charles Lee called him an indecisive coward. In fact, he wrote it in a letter that Washington opened, believing it to be official business. George spoke with Lee without mentioning the letter to see how Lee would act, and of course, Lee kissed George's ass and refused to say to his face what he had written in the letter. Yeah, oh man, that's a tough one. You... You ever do something like that? Like, you you know you did something fucked up, and the person you did it to, or the person who's in charge that would enforce the consequences, like, asked to talk to you, and you're like, oh shit, they fucking know. They know. They know. <laughs> they, they fucking know. God, I'm fucking dead. They know what I, they know. I've been jerking off at work. They found out. I don't know if cameras caught me. I don't know what happened. I don't know if they've run DNA tests. I just, you know, they fucking know. He's like, Hey, I just want to let you know, um, you requested this day off and we can't give it to you. And he's like, oh, thank God. He That's okay. He doesn't know. Oh, it's totally there. okay. It's fine. And you leave the office. He's like, fucking work jerker. He didn't even admit it. Didn't want to say anything. <laughs> this guy. Work jerker. <laughs> <laughs> he did it in my office. Like he left stains on my chair and he wants to act like nothing happened. Oh, I'm going to get this motherfucker. You just wait. He smeared Chris with all of his potential children. (laughs) That's a tactful way to say it. Yes, it is. Didn't want to be impolite there. Crisis averted. No, of course not. (laughs) You can still listen to this podcast with your church elders now. Okay. God's listening. Charles Lee retreated at a slower pace out of pure insubordination, and he paid for it when he was captured in a shack banging some fucking rando chick with no guard posted. In his belongings, the English found yet another letter talking about how Washington sucked butts at being a general. That's why, when I'm banging some rando chick, I always have a dude watching. That's exactly why I do that. 
Are they watching the door or are they watching you? You know, I I don't get involved in their life. I'm just there for, you know, their pleasure. Hmm. Fair enough. <laughs> well, there were two big bright spots of the Battle of New York. The first was Washington's ability to use stealth and trickery to escape the city. Right as it seemed like the entire army would be wiped out, Washington ordered a late-night retreat, but he left fires burning at his camp and ordered the men that were there until the last moment to make as much noise as they could. The other bright spot was the Continental Artillery, which had been commanded by Colonel Henry Knox, who was a big old fat dude who worshipped the ground that Washington walked on, and also by Colonel Alexander Hamilton, who had a sharp mind and always volunteered to cover the rear of their retreat to make sure as many men got out as possible. Nothing like uh, coming up the rear, you know? That's true. That is true. That's my favorite position. In war. Of artillery. Yes, yes. Artillery. Okay, yes. gotcha, 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 gotcha. It was December of 1776, and Washington was planning on making his move. He knew that he was going to lose a significant portion of his troops on January 1st due to the fulfillment of their commitment, and he had little chance to attack. He came up with a pretty bold plan that, if it failed, would wipe out the entire Continental Army. He was going to cross the frozen Delaware River in the middle of the night, as is his modus operandi, yep. and attack the 1,500 German mercenaries that were entrenched in the town of Trenton, New Jersey on Christmas morning. Christmas is canceled, you dirty krauts. Ho, ho, ho. Now I have a machine gun. It's Die Hard. There were no machine guns. <laughs> it's Die Hard. But this is Die Hard 2. We've already said Oh, that. that's true. No, that's true. We They missed Die Hard 1. This is the one at the airport. Like they had. Idiots! Like, you know, maybe some president we've had in recent history said they had in the Revolutionary War and said that the Americans stormed the airports. And defeated the British. You know, just just something to consider. <laughs> Forgot all about that. Oh, it gets worse and worse. <laughs> well, the plan was for the Continentals to be divided into three battalions that would cross the river in three different spots at midnight and converge on the town at dawn. The code phrase to launch the attack was victory or death. It's much better than the code phrase, you know, victory or eh, whatever. Like, yeah, okay, that's that's not that important, guys. Don't, don't stress. Don't, yeah. Or bollywampus doo-doo butt. (laughs) Well, the problem with bollywampus doo-doo butt is... I'm not wrong. As soon as you launch that invasion, everybody just fucking keels over on the beaches and dies laughing. (laughs) Bollywampus doo-doo butt. (laughs) And then the British just unload cannons across the river and kill everybody. So, you're not wrong. That's true, yeah. They'd be laughing, too, once they intercepted it through radio communication. Yes, yes. That they had in yep. 1775. Let's not be stupid. It was Morse code on the telegraph. It <laughs> <laughs> what midnight, the code was uttered, and the men set off under a driving sleet and snow. Washington's battalion didn't make it across until 4 a.m. The other two battalions got stuck in ice and turned around, assuming the same thing had happened to Washington. The attack was supposed to have started at dawn, but the Continentals didn't get there until 8 a.m., and despite the myths around the battle, the Germans weren't drunk, and they were ready for the attack. Mm -hmm. Washington led the charge from the front while Knox and Hamilton pounded the town with cannons. The battle took less than an hour. The Americans had won, killing or wounding over 100 Germans and capturing another 900. Only two Americans died in the battle, with another five dying due to exposure to the cold. Yeah, I'd just like to say something here, because it's a meme you see on the internet, like, George Washington's a piece of shit for attacking on Christmas, like, they compare it to the Tet Offensive, because it's a holiday, everybody's celebrating, and he just comes across the river and fucks shit up. First of all, it's not like the Tet Offensive, because the Tet Offensive was during a peace treaty, like, they had agreed to peace during the holidays. Uh, second of all, the Hessians, the Germans, they were fucking dickhead soldiers they just slaughtered everyone who tried to surrender like bayoneted the shit out of people they were not good dudes so it's not like they deserved like oh it's christmas let's let it slide guys you know it's jesus birthday we're gonna let this okay no let's no, go these, these weren't germans like you think of germany today right they were germanic peoples the hessians like you said <laughs> it was a little different 
Right. Nothing like the 1940s where they were nice and civilized. Unbelievable. (laughs) Well, a week later, Washington led his men into battle against the British in nearby Princeton. Once again, their attack was a success. They inflicted 500 casualties on the British and captured another two to 300 soldiers, while only losing about 40 themselves. British General George Howe retreated to New York to wait out the winter while Washington remained in New Jersey. George had somewhat redeemed his loss in New York, but there was still a lot of fighting ahead. And, well, listener, that is where we will pick up next week. Yep. We buttered that pancake, I'll tell you what. I demand you to stop! <laughs> it literally means nothing at this point. Just Cease and desist. It applies to everything. Awful. <laughs> awful. Catchphrases. Oh, they're so good. All right, Greg. It's time for Fast Facts. Fast Facts. Yeah! Number one. During the winter months of the revolution, when the fighting was slow, Martha Washington would come hang out with George and they presumably sit around and watch a few episodes of Law & Order before going to bed in separate twin beds. Because, you know, they were sexless. I don't know the last... Maybe the last part's made up. I don't know. Fast fact! Number two. Alexander Hamilton would go on to be one of Washington's aides. Unfortunately for him, Washington, who couldn't vent to his wife or to Congress, took out his frustrations on his aides. In 1781... Hamilton briefly quit the army after Washington bitched at him for being late to a meeting that had no set start time. Mm, that's the worst kind of boss. You have to live up to my expectations, even though you don't know what they are. Anticipate my needs! Fessex! Number three. During the battle for Princeton, the British had retreated into a college building. Allegedly, Hamilton fired a cannonball into the building that took off the head of a painting of King George III. Get fucked. It's complete bullshit, but that's okay. It's a fun story. Aren't you having fun, listener? (laughs) Yeah. Fast facts! Number four. Throughout the war, Washington outwardly gave the appearance of confidence, but his private correspondence shows that he was sure they were going to lose, and he wished he had never agreed to be the commander-in-chief. Fast fact number five. Although George frequently had his soldiers flogged, or worse, for being drunk, following the crossing of the Delaware and the capture of Trenton, he made sure his men celebrated Christmas with extra rum, and they all got smashed. Hell yeah. So one of the favorite punishments I read in this book was called Riding the Horse. Did you read about this? Do you see this? Mm-hmm. Where... He'd have like a sawhorse, and if you've ever done any sort of woodworking or construction, you know what that is. It's uh, a piece, like a two-by-four running between two supports, right? Right, it just holds up whatever you're cutting. Right. So they would bound their hands and put a weight around their feet and have them sit straddled across this sawhorse, basically sit with their balls on this two-by-four and just sit there for like a day and just let the weight pull down on their crotch while they sat on that thing for a day. Just sounds god-awful. A crouch would break the two-by-four. <laughs> like, oh, Stony Dick Greg, we can never punish that guy. Well, no, it's just the leakage of all the STDs. The oh. acidity would break through the wood. <laughs> Makes sense, too. I don't know. That's all yeah. I got, man. Just a rotten hole where your pants should be. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what? I'm not even going to touch that guy to punish him anymore. Yeah, just... Just put him in a catapult and launch him over the British side. He'll end this fucking war by himself. Please! Please punish me! Please! Oh, God. Can we just discharge him? Oh, oh, Daddy George. Did somebody say discharge? (laughs) I got it right here. (laughs) Woo! Still got it. These motherfuckers didn't think we still had it, Chris. They didn't. They did not think we still had it. But there it was, oozing out of Here Greg. we are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's the end of this episode. We're going to pick it up next week with the rest of the Revolutionary War and the presidency. And then, sadly, listener, I don't want to ruin this for you, but George Washington, he does die. No! <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, he's 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 not still around to you know guide us to glory. But uh, anyway, well, that's not quite true, Chris. Is it not? No. Because he's in our fucking hearts. He's on our fucking money. He knows everything about this country and everything you know about it comes from him. He's George fucking Washington. And he knows how to butter a pancake. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, 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 sorry. I was just trying to ride on your energy, man. I'm sorry. You've destroyed everything that I know. <laughs> I am everything that's wrong with podcasting. I'm sorry. I'm just... The worst. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway, take us home, Gregory. Well, again, guys, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe. Consider joining our Patreon. For $3 a month, you get bonus episodes, access to old episodes, and each week, you get everything two days early. Check out 100proofhistory.com and find us on social media at 100proofhistory. All right. That's it. See ya. I love you. Goodbye. Goodbye, listener. Hey, and I don't care what anyone says. You are sexy. Well, I was pumped up, and then you ruined it. I'm sorry. Do it again. It won't work. I'm going to listen to Eye of the Tiger while you talk. It's like repeating the porn video you just watched. It's like the second time. Like, oh, God. What was I thinking? Oof. Oh, no. Is something wrong with me? <laughs> that worked? No, no, I was thinking about something else the whole time. That just got me going. That's, you know. <laughs> well, naturally, the colonists were once again pissed the right... God damn it, Chris. Ugh, a neck crick. It's okay. I got a neck crick. It's bugging me. But don't blame it on anything. It's okay. No. I never make mistakes unless I'm injured, Greg. I got nothing. I'm drawing a blank here. Greg, be funny. Go. My uncle touched me. I touched him back. Okay, Greg, be funny in context. How about that? I need to lube the teeth. You know, sometimes you got to lube the teeth so the lips can move. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Yeah. I just rub lube all over my mouth all the time.